This is the Bible News Prophecy Program, bringing you news and analysis of world events in the light of Bible prophecy. The following program is brought to you by the Continuing Church of God. Greetings, friends. This is Steve Dupuy for the Bible News Prophecy Program with Dr. Bob Teal. Dr. Teal, for the past several weeks, we have been confronted with the possible misuse of artificial intelligence, droughts and food shortages, and wars and rumors of wars. What should a Christian focus on in times like this? According to Jesus, we should seek first the kingdom of God and endure to the end. Now, one person who did type of endurance was Abraham. I got the newsletter from the Temple Institute out of Israel yesterday, and it had some things about Abraham. And I'd like to read over some of what uh, they had. They said, uh, Abraham, our father, was a man of loving kindness. Wherever he went, he spread the love of the light of God. He leapt up from a visit from God in order to invite three wayfarers into his home and give them a meal. He even argued with God like a man haggling in the market for the sake of the few righteous that would have were in Sodom. He did all he did could for the betterment of his fellow man. He did all that God asked him. God had promised him a son. It took a long time, but he waited, and at last, Abraham and Sarah had a son. And so God's promise of him becoming a great nation is off to a start. But then, as it says in Genesis 22:2, says, take your son, your only son who you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and bring him there for burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I'll tell you. So Abraham's future had seemed so bright, full of promise, now in an instant, they said it turned dark and full of despair. An entire life of devotion to God was in danger. The world that Abraham built with God was in peril of crumbling to ruin. And again, I'm reading from the Temple Institute. Okay. But the faith of Abraham prevailed. Without flinching, he fulfilled God's every demand. And in the end, it all turned out well. An angel of God stayed or stopped. Abraham's hand, Isaac was saved, a ram was sacrificed instead. Abraham passed his final test with flying colors. Then the Temple Institute continues with, sometimes life grows bleak. A sudden cloud can cast darkness over all we've lived for and all we've accomplished and all we've hoped for the future. Abraham's test might be set before any of us in a moment, out of the blue. Our accomplishments, our preparations for the future are all at once irrelevant. The great test before us needs to be taken up head on. We are armed with but one essential asset to measure up to the challenge, our faith in God. I would have to agree with uh, that faith, especially in times like these, would be a major source of hope. What else can the Bible tell us about the faith of Abraham? Well, you go to the book of Genesis chapter 15, uh, starting in uh, verse 1, I'll read from the New King James Version of the Bible. Because after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me since I go childless? And I have no offspring. Verse 4, and the word of the Lord came to him. This one who will be your offspring will come from your own body. He brought him outside and told him to count the stars if you could number them. 
He said, so shall your descendants be. Verse six, and he, that's Abraham, believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. And we read also in the New Testament in Romans four, verse three, it says, what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's a good point. That means our faith would also be accounted to us as righteousness. What more can we learn from the faith of Abraham? Abraham believed God when the circumstances looked impossible. And physically they were because his wife was essentially too old to have children. But unlike a lot of people who profess Christianity, Abraham was willing to walk by faith, not by sight, which is what the Apostle Paul admonishes us in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. Now, in Genesis 26, verse 5, we find out that Abraham continued his belief through his actions. We read, Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my law. And in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, we read, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he could receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham believed, obeyed, and endured. So our faith must be combined with obedience and endurance. Does the Bible address those qualities? particularly as they might relate to present world events. Yes, I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 24 and start with verse 3. Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, and his disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many are going to come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. But you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you're not troubled. Walk by faith, not by sight. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. Verse 8, all these are the beginnings of sorrows. And then they're going to deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Why we'll have less Philadelphian Christians, because Philadelphia means love of the brethren. Verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Jesus foretold the time we're now in, which he called the beginning of sorrows, and in Mark 13.8, he calls it the time of troubles. Okay. He said we need to endure through it, that the end will come after the gospel of the kingdom of God is preached enough in all the world. You need to have the faith to endure, and of course you should be supporting the fulfillment of Jesus' commission in Matthew 24.14. So let me get this straight. Are you saying that after 6,000 years of humanity, the prophecy foretold in Matthew 24.8 and Mark 13.8 is being fulfilled at this very moment, like right now? Yes, because I believe we are in the beginning of uh, sorrows. Okay. Now, related to faith, 
we actually wrote, have a book available free online called Faith for Those God Has Called and Chosen. And I want to read a couple of things from this. For example, it starts, uh, I'm going to read what Paul said again, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, in practical terms, again, I'm reading from this. That means we live God's way of life, even when we have trials and temptations, when things seem almost hopeless or, with, or when others try to deceive us. But Paul also wrote in Romans 3, 31, do we then make the void the law of God through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. And again, going through this, continuing this booklet, James chapter 2, starting in verse 17, James wrote, Thus also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. But some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there's one God. You do well. Even the demons believe, and they tremble. But you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working together with his works, and that by works, faith was made perfect. Faith goes beyond just believing. Living faith includes action that God approves, living as Jesus did, and as he wanted his followers to do. Not only keeping the Sabbath or God's holy days when it seems difficult, but to tie the void pagan holidays like Christmas to be honest in a dishonest society, and also to love those who don't love you. Abraham's faith was shown by obedience and works and how he lived his life, not in the manifestation of miracles from his prayers. Abraham had living faith. It takes faith to live God's ways in this world. So basically, there is no such thing as faith without works or obedience to the law of God. And yet, obedience to God is manifested through faith. Can the Bible explain this? Well, Jesus laid out another specific goal in Matthew 5, 48. It says, you should be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So you have to believe and obey and, and do what you're supposed to do. Now, we're not saved by works. You know, Ephesians 2, starting verse 8 says, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and that's not of yourself. Even the faith is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now, some people like to stop there and they don't read the next part of the next verse. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God before uh, prepared that we should walk in them. So even though we're saved by grace, we're supposed to do good works. Okay. And we're supposed to be called and remain faithful. We don't just obey God. We need to have faith that his ways are best for us. We're going to go to Romans chapter 8. Apostle Paul wrote, For I consider that the sufferings, this, starting verse 18, this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. And going down to verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And when things go wrong or are unpleasant or difficult, it takes faith to endure the end. It takes faith to realize that all things work together for good. Now, the Bible says a lot of the uh, Old Testament was written for our example in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 
And starting in verse one, uh, Paul writes about the fathers who passed through the sea and baptized under Moses. And the spiritual rock that followed them was Jesus. Verse five, but with most of them, God was not pleased. Verse six, and these became our examples. We should not lust after the things they did. Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as many did, verse 8. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted. Verse 11, all these things happened as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the end of the ages have come, which is where we are now. But he also puts in a warning. Therefore, let him who thinks he stand take heed, lest he fall. So all those in the Exodus drank from the same spiritual rock of Christ, then they lusted after eagle. I'm sorry, after evil. <laughs> I don't quite get it yet. In most of the New Testament, we're walking by sight and not faith. But at Christians, we have to have faith. In the New Testament, uh, uh, we're talk, told about that as well. So the point of the scriptures is that even though they all drank from the same spiritual rock, they still did not have faith. Tell us about the examples of faith highlighted in the New Testament. Well, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, we find out that faith is a substance for things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And we find out, verse 4 talks about Abel offered God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Noah was warned of things not yet seen, but he did what he was supposed to do. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered Isaac. And in the next chapter in Hebrews, after the faith chapter, and this is actually yeah, chapter 12, it says, sorry, verse 7, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. And we're supposed to be chastened. It doesn't seem joyful, but it's painful. Nevertheless, Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness by those who've been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, make straight the path of your feet, so what's lame will not be dislocated, but rather healed. So what the Bible is telling us then is that during this time of the beginning of sorrows, we are to obey God, but to also expect chastening. Yes, but it takes faith to do that. And more on faith can be found in our free booklet, uh, Faith for Those God Has Called and Chosen. Thank you, Dr. Teal. For more interviews with Dr. Teal, in addition to written as well as audio articles, visit our website at BibleNewsProphecy.net. This is Steve Dupuy for the Bible News Prophecy Program. This Bible News Prophecy Program was sponsored by the Continuing Church of God. For more information, including access to our free literature, visit BibleNewsProphecy.net or www.ccog.org.